Hi, friend. You are listening to Boldly Created Podcast. Join your favorite duo as they bring on guests from all walks of life and allow you to feel like you are sitting with your besties chatting about life, Jesus, and navigating your 20s. Check in weekly for new episodes and laughs. Now, grab your favorite drink and sit back and enjoy the show. Hi, you guys. Welcome back to the Boldly Created Podcast. We are so happy that you are here and listening and tuned in today. Today we have a guy on the podcast and he is so vulnerable, so fun, and it's a really great conversation and it's about your relationship with the Lord. So through this season, we're talking about all these relationships and we feel like the most important relationship is none other than your relationship with Christ. Yeah, it is. You're going to want to stick around because this testimony that this guest shares is so raw and like Addison said, vulnerable. Like I know everybody is going to relate to some part of it. Mm Mm-hmm. Very, very true. But before we get into the episode, what are we doing, Lily? Well, we're doing another this or that. You guessed it. <laughs> but this time, Lily came prepared. I came prepared. I have a list. So and she has it written down. But guess what? I came empty-handed. So we're going to see how it goes. Okay. First one is crunchy or smooth peanut butter? Smooth. Mm. Do you like crunchy? I'll eat both of them, but I always Uh, buy smooth. Wait, I I thought you didn't like peanut butter. No, I love peanut butter. I buy smooth peanut butter though. So that's my choice. Yeah. Strawberry jelly or grape jelly? I hate jelly. (laughs) I hate you. (laughs) Are you kidding? I've never purchased jelly. You don't like peanut butter and jelly? I only eat peanut butter. Sandwiches. What's wrong with you? I've never ate jelly. Ever. Or bought it. You don't like eat jelly donuts. Absolutely you don't not. Eat. Absolutely not. Did you have Uncrustables as a kid? I didn't like those. I just liked peanut What's butter. What's wrong with you? Just one less ingredient, you know? Oh, you had no fun as a child. <laughs> fun fact, Jared also only ate peanut <laughs> Okay, guacamole or salsa? Guacamole all day, every day. Mm, I'm have to say salsa. What's wrong with you? It's just not my preference. Who is this person? This is not my best friend. I've always preferred salsa. Application for best friend is open, y'all. Yeah, I feel like guacamole, so. (laughs) Okay, queso or salsa? Queso. Okay, thank you. A million thousand times over. Driver or passenger seat? Depends who's driving. Ooh. So I like passenger princess activation. Me too. I like driving too because I have really bad control issues. I would definitely have to say the driver's seat because anytime I drive, we get there a little faster. So, <laughs> you, Maggie, probably couldn't agree more. <laughs> movie theater popcorn or movie candy for when you go to the movies? Mm, movie theater popcorn is like its own category of okay, snack. Good. It's so good. good. <laughs> Fun fact Lily and I both walked oh. into the movie theater in town not to watch a movie, mm-hmm. but specifically to ask for popcorn to go. And we thought they'd be like, what are you doing? <laughs> no, they said people do it all the time. So now it's like our new thing. And we're going to do that before I leave because that's a must. And it's so good. Okay, last one Cash App or Venmo? Venmo. Me too. I have I think honestly. Cash app is silly. I know a lot of people say, "Will you cash at me?" And I'm like, "No, I won't, bro. I don't have that. <laughs> I will not. <laughs> I'm really sorry." Without further ado, here is Luke Burnett. Hi. 
Hi guys, we are so excited to be recording with a very special guest today. We have another guy on the podcast, which is always a fun time. Okay, and I will let our guest introduce himself. Hi everyone, uh, my name is Luke Burnett. Um, I just now graduated from WCU. Yeah. Um, I'm going for my master's at Liberty University in Ooh, church planning nice. and ministry. Um, I'm from a small town in North Carolina, about 45 minutes away from Asheville, Car Mars Hill, live up um, in Wolf Laurel next to the ski resort. Nice. Did you go skiing a lot when you were a kid? Yeah, I grew up on the slopes. So you're probably like a really good skier. Uh, snowboarder, but yes. Oh, that's so <laughs> cool. That's awesome. That's awesome. Couldn't be me. So I'm really excited to have Luke here. He is, of course, from none other than Bridge Church. <laughs> he was in SLT for a little while and then got involved in youth. So I've gotten to hang out with him a lot. And he's just a really cool guy. Um, but today, what are we talking about, Luke? <laughs> I guess we're going to be talking about uh, the testimony that yeah. I have on my life um, mm-hmm. and to share my story for God's glory. Yeah. Yes. And as you all can tell from this season so far, we are in a relationship series Ooh. and we're talking about all the different types of relationship. And of course, we have to talk about your relationship with God. Yes. Um, so I felt like Luke was a really good person for that mm-hmm. of just hearing his testimony and knowing how powerful it is. Mm-hmm. Before we get started into today's topic, we want to ask you the question that we ask all our guests. And that question is, what would you tell your BC self or your before Christ self? Um, the question I've thought about that is um, the one question I want to pretty much tell myself is that void you're searching for uh, or that void you're trying to get filled um, can only be filled from um, one person. And that is Jesus Christ himself. Mm-hmm. And you're going to, you know, that in the back of your mind, you know what you need to do. You know, you need to surrender your life and um, you're still not doing it. You're going to save yourself a lot of heartache, a lot of pain and a lot of um, misery. Um, if you just turn to um, Jesus Christ to fill that void, mm-hmm. um, because you know, truly deep down that he's the only one that can heal you. Yeah. Yeah. That's it right there. Look <laughs> at that. <laughs> Um, so my first question for you, just to get into the conversation is what is one thing out of the many that you feel like the Lord has taught you in this season? Um, that he's all that I need. Um, for a long time in my life, I was looking for a lot of things to, um, satisfy my need, my purpose. Um, and I went down a lot of different roads to try to find that. Um, and the Lord showed me that he's the only way and, um, he's my purpose. I love that. That's so good. I love how at Bridge, like, you have the core people that are there volunteering, and then out of nowhere, people come in, and then they're just there. Like, Mm -hmm. they're a part of that core. And that's how it happened with you. Like, I remember walking into SLT one day, and, like, I was the intern of that, so I thought I knew everyone. And then I turn in, and I'm like, who is this? And then he just never left. Like, it's like, it's just so cool to see that, like, how instant you can become a part of the family of Christ, because it is instant, like, when you give your life to Christ. So with you getting your master's in church planning and ministry, how did you get there? It was something that um, I've been um, praying to the Lord about. Um, I don't know what the plan is for it. Um, I am in some discipleship groups uh, I'm getting um, poured into by a couple of the uh, my college pastor and um, Seth, who is just a big mentor and um, like full of the Holy Spirit in them. And they're pouring into me um, and I'm trying to consume it all. And um, just trying to, after I graduate, I actually graduate in three weeks for the summer (laughs) semester, but um, I was just looking like didn't know where to go. And I've been into this 
kind of stuck because I'm really big into traveling and um, I really did not want to stay in Colby another year. Um, so when the war told me to stand still, I had a lot of different plans. I was supposed to be in Alaska June 1st, um, got told to be still, uh, which is very hard for me because I like to go places. I like to see new things, like to experience different cultures. And, uh, when I got told to be still, um, it took me a while to figure out why that was. Mm -hmm. And it's because this is exactly where I need to be. The bridge has, um, helped me with my walk in Christ. Um, I mean, my own personal growth has really came from my own alone time with God um, and really seeking him. But um, having the community to back you up, um, yeah. having um, older men to like look up to, to ask questions and to be like, I am really struggling right now. <laughs> Do you have any kind of advice? And I really, um, I have a prayer closet and spent a lot of time in there. And I was in my prayer closet and I was just praying and I'm like, Lord, like, what do you want me to do? Like, I'm in Colby for another year. Am I just supposed to, like, just work five days a week and be a part of the church? Is there yeah. anything else you want me to do? Mm -hmm. And um, I really didn't even know much about Liberty University. It was something that was just like, you know, look up Liberty University. And in my discipleship group and with Bridge wanting to be a hub church uh, with church planning, mm -hmm. Um of course, you know, um, college pastor Donovan is like joking around, like, you know, you're going to go plant a church. And I'm like joking around, like, no, 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 that's not me. Um, but then for some reason I was on Liberty University and um, I do not have the GPA to be in a graduate program, but somehow I got accepted. Um, the one that wow. standed out to me was the church planning. And um, so kind of it was really just the Lord and something that was laid on my heart. And so we're going to see where it takes me because I have no idea. You gotta love Donovan talking to yeah. you. <laughs> That's how I am where I am right now. The Lord and then Donovan's advice. Oh my gosh. It's cool to like talk about this right now. And I'm excited just for the rest of the conversation. But when you joined SLT, student leadership team, for those of you who may not know, there were two moments that I was like, okay, this guy's like interesting and very smart and just like has a spirit in him. And it was when we were talking about testimony night, which is what got us here to having this podcast and you had said we are too scared to do announcements at midweek what makes us think that we can do our testimony in front of people and i was just <laughs> like you just said everything that like the whole room wasn't gonna say but was thinking <laughs> and there was another night where we were talking about feelings and i remember you said like i love all of you guys but i don't care about you the only one i care about is god and i was just like okay <laughs> all right <Mind> <laughs> i don't think like obviously like i didn't know you before your bc self but like i think it's cool to be able to know that like from that encounter like how different you probably are as a person because you now have the holy spirit in you and i just think that was i just think that was so cool like i yeah i just like my draw like dropped i was like oh Okay. <laughs> That's funny. I have a question for you because I've been dying to know about this, but I hear that you have a really cool dog. <laughs> Obviously, I'm a dog person, but I saw the picture of your dog when you sent it. So, like, what breed is your dog? He's actually a wolf hybrid. He's uh, <laughs> so cool. He's 45% wolf, 25% German Shepherd, and 30% Husky. Okay, that's literally dream dog. That's Dude, amazing. That's you literally gotta show so your cool. boyfriend that yeah, dog. Yeah, it's literally like his dream dog. So like, I'm gonna show him the picture. Best thing, he don't um, like bark. He is the most mellowest what? dog ever. Uh, he only howls when he misses me. So he like <laughs> makes no noise, and he's just like a roommate. Oh he don't. Gosh. He just kind of chills. That's incredible. What's his yeah. name? Dre. Dre. 
His name's Draymond, but uh, he's named after Draymond Green, the basketball player. Nice. Yes. I was like, what? That is so cool. Oh, my gosh. I just had to ask because I was like, that dog. (laughs) Let's start at the beginning of like your testimony. How did it, how did you come to know Christ? Oh, (laughs) um, so knowing Christ has been something I've known my entire life. Um, I did accept Jesus, um, into my heart at a young age. Um, and that's because, I mean, growing up, I did have a hard life to say, um, my mom chose drugs over me and having to go through a custody battle between my, um, my mom and dad and go through DSS, um, with a lot of, um, abuse, sexual abuse, mental abuse. Um, it caused a lot of trauma for someone who is so young um, and with their brain still developing. Mm-hmm. And um, and so it took a while for my dad to gain custody of me. And so my dad gained custody of me and my dad's family is um, a Christian. My papa's the deacon. Um, was raised in church I, from about until I was like, I don't know, my childhood's kind of all black besides trauma. I would say about I moved in my dad at 11. And so from 11 to 17, um, I was in church consistently three days a week, mm-hmm. went to private Christian schools, homeschooled by my grandma. So I always um, like I knew what it was. And then my family, because they knew my mom and um, her addiction to drugs and her um, sinful life she lived, they was doing everything they could to prevent me from doing that. And so, um, as much as I try to force it on me, um, I really forced it away, um, coming into my older life. And so at the age of like 12 or 13, um, I really did, uh, I was going to church and I did, uh, say, get saved, but, um, I didn't fully surrender myself to God. Um, I knew who he was. I knew what he, uh, he died on the cross for my sin. Like I knew everything was real but I didn't surrender myself to let him um, use his vessel. I'm nothing but a vessel that um, I'm giving him permission to use. And uh, I don't even need to give him permission, but being in full surrenderance is how that is being used and to seek him. So yeah, I, I was in a Christian household until um, 17. And even though I knew Christ as my savior, I was still suffering from anxiety and depression and suicidal thoughts. And I had my first uh, suicide attempt at 15 years old. And um, it was really just going through, I was trying to speak to my family about everything I was experiencing in my own head, trying to um, get out of it and trying to get a sense of relief. And my family is the type where if you are suffering from mental illness, it's because you don't have enough faith. You're not praying enough. Um, and while that is true to a certain degree, there are some certain things that a child can go through that is going to affect his life and everything that is going on and definitely in early childhood. Mm-hmm. And once I uh, try to take my life for the first time, it was somewhat of a surreal feeling. It was real, but it's, I had just a voice in my head, just pounding. I'm not done with you yet. Mm-hmm. And I didn't choose to listen, you know, I still kind of went to church. Um, There's very few people that knew about that time. And I was really just trying to find a way out. And so I moved out at 17 years old, kind of my family. I lived on a farm, so we had a little farmhouse. Mm -hmm. And so I moved out of my house and just moved down to one of our little farmhouse by myself to get away and just 
honestly, just, I don't know exactly what I was doing, just trying to find some kind of escape, whatever that meant. And, um, at 17, um, I moved in my 17th birthday, which is December 11th in August. I came to WCU. Um, I graduated, um, early college as a junior and came here as a sophomore. And so I got to live off campus, um, came here and that was like my first true taste of freedom. And, um, boy, did I go wild. Um, started drinking all the time and I realized that drinking kind of numbed the pain for, um, a short amount of time and, you know, drinking just on weekends turned to every day and went on for a while. And then, that then drugs came into the picture, which is really what was my killer was, um, I started just something that you would do, um, just at parties turned into something that you would save a little bit for the next day. Um, before class so you didn't feel as bad going to class and just turned into a consistent lifestyle. And it turned into, you might be feeling happy during this time of your high or feeling happy doing all these things in that moment. But that just made the times where you wasn't high or you wasn't drunk so much worse, made those thoughts in my head scream even louder. And it came to a point where I was a Coke addict and doing Coke all the time and drinking and it came just a um, lifestyle and in 21 was my second suicide attempt. Um, I was drunk and coked out and I ended up uh, slicing my arm open. That's why I have a big tattoo in my arm to cover up the scars. And I remember waking up the next morning because I don't know if I was drunk or lost too much blood, but I ended up um, passing out on the floor and I woke up and I remember just hating my life, hating everything about it. That, Cause I thought that this time I succeeded, this time was gonna be it. I was gonna end this suffering. And I remember waking up and just screaming because I was still alive. Um, I even was yelling at God and I had another pounding in my head. I'm not done with you yet. And you know, that kind of did slow me up on drinking and doing drugs for a while, um, a very short amount of time and then um, it just started becoming a more of a daily or almost every single day of the week type thing until this past year, um, was, it was January 11th and I was at a bar and I got drunk and, um, went home with a girl and ended up her, she ended up bringing me back to my car, dropping me off when um, I wasn't in a mental state or a physical state to even drive. And I remember feeling so empty and so lonely in that time that I wasn't even worthy to um, stay the night at some girl's house that I met from the bar. And that was, I was just in such a bad mental state um, as it was and just having that little um, sense of unwantedness from a stranger um, really threw it off. And this was the time that, I mean, I was sitting in my car talking to myself, even I put my phone in German. So whenever someone found me, they wouldn't um, have access to my phone and started driving, um, took off my seatbelt and got to about 80 and I wrecked my car. And I thought that time it was gonna do it. I ended up waking up in the hospital, um, not remembering what happened with my sister looking at me and not knowing that anything that happened, my sister was bawling her eyes out. And um, she told me, Luke, there's gonna have to be a change. You gotta do something. 
And so she got maybe she went, let me come back to school because she was afraid what I was going to do. So I stayed with her for a couple of weeks, two weeks. And once she worked at the hospital and this was at like five o'clock in the morning before she had gone to work, she she told me that she would talk to me once I got home and she really sat me down and tell me, you know, please just come to church with me, just come to church with me. And I was like, you know what, you're right. And I mean, after that happened, it was another pounding. Like, I'm not done with you yet. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is like the start of when um, God changed my life is that first time I went to my sister's church and it, it just felt that that's where I needed to be. This is my answer. I've been running from it for so long, but I know that's where I need to be. And um, so I came back to school and it was time for me to actually find a church here. And, um, I mean, my family, when I first came to school, um, I actually told them I joined a Christian group, but instead that Christian group was a fraternity. And so I started going online. I was like, you know, I did tell my family, I joined a Christian group. Let me go on to uh, WCU website and see if I can find like a actual group, a Christian group of guys that I can go around. Um, couldn't find any, but I did find a Christian sorority. Um, went onto their Instagram page, just found one random girl on there, and I just messaged her on Instagram. Was like, "Hey, I am in the lowest of my um, life. Um, I'm really just trying to get back, um, get r- back right with God." I was like, "Do you have any place on church or um, or any place on campus to go to church?" Um, and she told me about the bridge. Mm-hmm. And um, that next Sunday, I got up. I was going to go to the bridge and um, I was so nervous to go to church alone that got ready. And then I realized, well, maybe the first time, you know, I'm just going to watch it online. I watched it online and absolutely fell in love from the moment I um, listened to Josh's message for the first time. Decided to go to midweek um, that following Thursday. And uh, first person I talked to was Donovan. (laughs) (laughs) And Donovan sat down and he's like, I haven't seen you around here before. I was like, yeah, I was like, I'm just really trying to get back on the right path. Um, Listen to amazing message. And that's when I talked to Colby next. (laughs) Colby got me in, um, invited me to Sunday. Um, And so I went to church service on Sunday. So starting to get more plugged in and on Sunday service, just really worshiping and um, hearing the message. I couldn't do nothing but cry my eyes out. And because I knew how far I've stirred away when I truly do, I knew in my heart where I needed to be for so long, what I knew was going to take away my pain and suffering. I kept on denying it. And um, being there, I felt so ashamed. Started going. Um, I, then I met Seth and uh, then I got plugged into a small group, um, talked to Seth. And my first um, small group was just me, Seth, <laughs> Donovan and Walker and going through romans (laughs) and um it was amazing just started talking i I just shared a little bit of what happened and what i was going through and having um, seth who had a similar story to me um to a certain degree um then after that uh, meeting i met up with him um, one-on-one we started talking um and then you know i was in his small group just kept on getting plugged in plugged in seeking god He's giving me um, advice, scripture to read, um, saying that he don't have the answers. The only person that has the answer is the Lord. You're going to have mm-hmm. to seek him, pray yeah. with him. And I mean, it was going for, I mean, once I really did, really about the end of January is when 
I got on my hands and knees and I was like, Lord, I've tried to live my life the way um, I wanted to live it. I tried to fill this void inside. I try to do everything to um, heal what's broken in me. I'm tired of being depressed. I'm tired of being this sad, depressed friend that no one wants to be around. I'm tired of having all these thoughts. I'm tired of wanting to end my life. I'm tired of self-harming. I'm tired of committing suicide. I was like, I'm giving my life to you and I'm giving my full surrenderance. Tell me what to do and I'll do it. I'll, I'll be 100% your child. Wherever you take me, I will go. And once I got to that state in my life where, I mean, I was at the, don't say you've ever hit rock bottom because rock bottom has a basement. And once you're there, that's where the Lord will meet you the most. In my experience is when you're at the lowest and you feel like no one can love you, that there's no hope that you're always going to be like this and it'd be better off dead is when the Lord pokes at you and be like, you're my child. I'm not done with you yet. And um, you have a purpose. I have a purpose on your life. And it took me a while to realize that the Lord did not allow me to go through all those things, um, but he allowed me to go through it for the time period I did because it brought me so much closer to him i got to know the true mercy of god the true love of god um got to experience him more than i don't feel like i ever would have if i lived a perfect life i don't know if i would um, be this close to him because yeah. i hit that rock bottom place i hit the lowest i had nowhere else to go and i looked to him and he said son i still love you mm -hmm. and um after then, I mean, that's really my testimony. My life has changed for amazing reasons. Um, I haven't done drugs. I, um, I don't drink no more. Uh, I give nothing. I, I, I can't, I can't give nothing, um, else really up for him. I get to say, uh, I'm doing everything I can to just try to seek him and to be the best child I can to him. And, not because I want to escape this place called hell. Um, it's real. It's awful. But that's not why I seek God. I seek God because he's my friend. He's my savior. He's the one who loves me. He's the one who would never give up on me. He's the one who was there during everything. He was there in all those long, long nights that I cried myself to sleep. Those nights that I was cutting my arms and my legs. He was there through everything. and He never left. Through all my faults, he still wanted me. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I, I literally am speechless. Yeah. I don't even know what to say other than like, thank you so much for your vulnerability and even sharing your testimony with us and the listeners, because yeah. everybody has their own version of like rock bottom, like you were saying. And while like everybody's testimony is different um, and is not the same as yours or mine or yours, everybody can relate to that rock bottom place. Mm -hmm. um, so I just like really just like, Thank you for your for your vulnerability and for sharing that. Yeah. I remember hearing it for the first time at testimony night at midweek, which is full circle for you, which I didn't even know that part. Um, oh. And I remember like there wasn't like a dry eye in the audience. Yeah. Like I was sitting by Maggie and Caroline and like I was even like, shoot, like mm -hmm. just the power of the Holy Spirit in you and seeing what he's done through you is insane. Mm -hmm. Like I think like, this time hearing it back around, it's cool because the first time, obviously, I was listening, but now I'm able to like kind of just see the places that I've seen you serve or see you lead and see how God's like impacted you. And especially when you were saying the depression part, like that's just so crazy to me because I think 
it's so cool to see how the Lord transformed you in that. Because when I see you, you're laughing, you're smiling, you're greeting, like you're always just such a positive energy. And so to hear what you went through and to see what God took you from and now has placed you in is so cool. Like I just, that's really awesome. I think it's crazy because like also like going off of that and just how amazing God is Mm -hmm. like when you step into a serving role, such as like I'm thinking of the student leadership team just as a whole and them volunteering week after week after week, it can seem repetitive, redundant, but your testimony is a reassurance and a reminder that they're not doing nothing like them being there and greeting people and talking to people that can be life-changing for Mm -hmm. somebody and I think that's just a really cool like reminder like even with hosting with regular church service like you can feel like what's the point like is it even like the reason why I'm here like they can serve coffee they can sit down but like having that friendly face or that person to talk to is everything and like the Lord placed you there for a reason um so I just yeah thank you for sharing that yeah during your testimony, there were so many things I wanted to like comment on. Cause I was like, this is just so amazing what the Lord has done. But I really, um, liked when you said that you came to midweek and you talked to Donovan and then you talked to Seth and you talked to Colby, you talked to all of them and you related the trio. The trio <laughs> yes. And you had kind of connected with all of them. And you had like, you said like a similar kind of testimony to Seth, um, in a way, I think it's so cool because, sometimes when people who are at like their lowest, like come to church and they're like, like you said, like you were nervous to go to the first like Sunday service, like it can be so intimidating. And you think like, Oh, everybody there's perfect. Like they've got it together. They're at church. Like they're serving, they're doing everything right in their life. So you don't want to go, but literally the fact that you went and were, was able to speak to Donovan and Seth and Colby and to relate to Seth on like a level like that is just, literally proof that like church is not made of perfect people and it never will be. And I think it's just so beautiful that like the Lord literally like ordained all of that to happen so that like you could be sitting here right now. Mm-hmm. It's just so beautiful. I just yeah. got so good. There's a lot of things that has happened um, to me that um, now that I'm like following God, um, I have a different outlook on it. Mm-hmm. And uh, just something I figured I'd share with y'all is um, spring of 20. 20- one, um, actually, when I had my second suicide attempt, I ended up um, getting suspended from WCU um, because my academics was so bad. And um, that's the only reason that I was here this past semester. If I would have never um, got suspended that semester and everything, I mean, I had documents from going to um, doctors saying I was diagnosed with um, depression. I was going seeking therapy. I was going to a psychiatrist. I had everything to get that waiver approved to um, bring me back to school and it didn't happen when it happened to a lot of my friends that um, I know that they got that overturned. And I was always wondering until I surrendered myself to God was why did this happen? Like, why am I am falling behind? And um, just some the God was working in amazing ways. He didn't allow me to come back to school because if I would have never gotten suspended from school, I would have never been involved with the bridge. I didn't even know what the bridge was until January. The Lord had like pieced all these pieces together for me to be where I am today. And it took me a long time to realize that. Mm. And um, a lot of people like will look and hear my story. And, you know, the first thing they're like, man, that's really bad. And all I see is good. 
all I see is the glory of God. Um, all I see is his, um, like just the evidence of him, um, not just in, just because I've changed my life, um, because it's not a, anything that I've done. I couldn't have done anything, um, without him. It is just me looking and can see pretty much my BC Christ, um, before Christ's life and seeing that person and looking back and not really even being like, that's, that was me. Mm-hmm. And it is such a whole new, like a whole new creation has um, been born. And that's because I have the Holy Spirit now living inside of me. Mm-hmm. And it is just amazing what he's doing. Um, I can't even explain. Mm-hmm. That's the crazy <laughs> thing about it is like, we'll never be able to explain mm-hmm. it because it's so good. It's just amazing to see. Wow. That's crazy. Yeah, that's like, wow, look at the Lord. <laughs> that, like, that's, wow, that's so cool. That's, oh, I, just, I don't have words for that. I know, it's like, how do I even Like, it's going? what everyone needs to hear, because in yeah. some form or another, every one of us feels like we're falling behind. Yeah. And to understand why is something we may never know exactly. until later on in life, if ever. Yeah. But to understand, like, when you, oh, I got chills when you said, like, <laughs> most people, when they hear my story, they hear yeah. bad, but all I hear is good. Yeah, you kidding me? <laughs> Are you actually kidding me? Like, that was so good. Like, oh, man. And I also want to point out right now, like, if you're listening and you're one of those people who say, like, my testimony doesn't have any of those major things or I never right. hit that rock bottom. Like Lily said, everyone has a rock bottom. Yeah. There's just different. Mm-hmm. And that doesn't mean that your testimony is any less um, effective or mm-hmm. powerful. It's powerful because you were saved by like from yourself. Like right. you died from yourself to be able to give your life to Christ. Mm-hmm. And that's the most powerful thing that anything could have happened from. Um, yeah. So I just, wow. I'm like shook. I know. That's insane. When you were saying that about like how sometimes you start to feel behind and things like that, then you look back and you're like, wow, like that worked out the way it should have. And if I would have been in charge, everything would have been a mess because God is so much, you know, his ways are higher than mine. It reminds me of the burnt toast theory, which is like something that's sort of probably started as something secular, but like it's, it has such a like faith basis if you think about it. But, um, it's the theory that, when you're getting ready in the morning, you're making breakfast, you put your toast in the toaster and you burn it. And you're like, dang it, it's going to put me behind. Have to throw that toast away, put in more bread and, you know, make more toast or whatever. It, you're basically running late in the morning. And it goes on basically to say that, like, if I hadn't have burnt my toast that morning, I would have been that car in the wreck, mm-hmm. like two cars in front of me. Or I would have been, you know, like, literally the list goes on and on. But it's literally like it allows you to like bring, I guess, like attention and like your kind of just heart check as to like, okay, Lord, you have me right where you want me. Mm -hmm. If I'm going to run late, that's okay. Because you are in charge of my day. And if I need to be late to run into this person or to share the gospel with this person or whatever it may be, like, so be it. And you are still good. Um, So I just wanted to add that because it reminded me of that. Cause like, we're never behind when like God's in charge. So Mm -hmm. I think like episodes like this and obviously a lot of our season is going to revolve around bridge people because mm-hmm. that's just our people. But that's like we do, <laughs> obviously the Lord first and foremost is so powerful. And just to hear that makes yeah. it very evident, but also like reflecting over here of like how blessed we are to have a church that we do like the way that it is yeah. like just the church family and everything that encompasses it from 
all the different ways to be involved and to have community. Like, I don't know. It's just so special and it's so rare, honestly. Mm -hmm. Like I'm going back to Charlotte soon and I obviously there's so many churches there, but like, I hope I can find that. But here it's just so different. Like it's something that I, I wish every student could get involved in. I hope that one day bridge does get to fill out Ramsey so that everyone is involved in that. Mm -hmm. But like, it's so cool that we are able, like we were chosen to be a part of this. Like we are blessed enough to know that this exists, like this type of community. I don't know. It's just so Mm -hmm. cool. No, I know exactly what you mean. Um, I grew up in a very small Southern Baptist um, church where things were a lot different. It was a lot of traditional and um, a lot different than mm-hmm. what the bridge is. Um, and I didn't really see who God was in that church. Mm-hmm. Um, and even now, if I go back and visit, it is just so different. Mm-hmm. And when I come to bridge, um, I all I see is a lot of broken people trying to do their best to serve God, mm-hmm. trying to do their best just to please the Lord Almighty. And they're coming with all their faults. They're coming as they are and letting God wash them clean. Mm-hmm. Um, when I walk into Bridge, it is nothing but acceptance. And mm-hmm. there's so much um, like intimacy of discipleship group, small mm-hmm. group. It is um, just people really just being like, we're just trying to get through life together and serve the Lord. Yeah. <laughs> um, and it's just so powerful for me to actually finally um, find something so real. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it can be overwhelming too. Mm -hmm. Like I always say like it's imperfect people trying to serve a perfect God because like we are broken. Like we all are broken. Mm -hmm. We can put up this facade and mask and like we still do. We're part of this community and there are weekends when I walk in where I'm not okay, but I'm saying I'm okay because it's easier. But it's just, it's overwhelming that like we get the opportunity to serve there and to be in the community. And like, I know just from you speaking that Donovan means so much to you. And so does Seth and like that equivalent is Kirsten and me. We all know Kirsten's name. (laughs) Hello. And like, it's just so like, if you're not involved in a church, like get involved in a church. Like, I don't know what your church is. I don't know what they offer, but like, just take that next step of volunteering or doing more than just showing up to service. Like, be involved to the point where you know the community and know that you are accepted by them because you're not accepted by everyone, but you're accepted by the people that are around you and wanting to build you up and wanting to see you succeed. Like I know that every single one of those people want to see me succeed, that would want to see me grow. And it's just, I don't know, it just makes me feel effective and happy. <laughs> Warm and fuzzy inside. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so with everything that you went through with being at your lowest and just hitting rock bottom and finding the basement, what would you tell to someone that is at that place where they're just like barely hanging on? Um, you know, that's a hard question to ask because mm-hmm. I've been asking myself that a lot mm-hmm. um, because I have, it's like something I can relate to the people that I want to um, like witness to and tell about Jesus the most is um, the people who's broken because there's so many people who, We'll see the girl with dog hair and cuts on her wrist and we'll turn the other way. And um, I will see someone who's so broken, who's just trying to find a way of escape. Mm-hmm. And I have thought many, many nights of what would I say to myself in that point? Mm-hmm. And the only thing I know what to say is God loves you. Mm-hmm. There's someone who loves you right now. You might not feel it. You might not even believe it. But there's someone who's planning your life and has a plan for you. And I would love to tell you more about this man who saved my life and brought me out of my darkest pit that you're in right now. Yeah. Awesome. 
it's amazing when you get to minister to the people that you once were. Yep. Like I, the whole time you've been talking, I've just been thinking about Seth and how he was in that place one time too. But now he's able to minister to you and now you're able to minister to someone else. Like, it's just so like, I see, keep saying cool, but it is cool. <laughs> what would you say to someone who is in a rut in their spiritual life, not falling away from the Lord, but in a place where they just are having trouble opening their Bible and just getting in a like space where they can meet with the Holy Spirit? To walk by um, faith, not by sight. There is um, many things that um, I've talked to Seth a lot about where I'm like, I mean, I just don't feel like, I mean, sometimes like when I'm in church, it feels like I can just feel God all around me. But when I'm alone, it, it feels like just all some bad thoughts are coming back to my mind and I'm feeling trapped and um, just I'm not the same person. And it's so hard sometimes to really get into the word and to really sit in solitude and just listen to God or really just seek and pray God to pray to God. Um, and I've been there and, you know, there's certain times where you don't feel like doing, it, you don't feel like getting up. And the reward on the other side is so far more than just getting out of bed and getting to the word. When you get up, I mean, sometimes you just gotta, once you start, start to read, you understand why the whole spirit was tugging on you from the inside, telling you to get up and read. Mm -hmm. There's if, if you have to like tell yourself not to read, or is there something inside of you telling you to read? There's something out there telling you not to. Mm -hmm. And uh, right now, the one thing I am trying to, um, like I'm thriving for is to be so in tune to the Holy spirit to as soon as, you know, there's a lot of times where we get tugs on our heart and we're like, God, is that you? I want to be so in tune with the spirit where when I get that tug, I know exactly who that's coming from. I know exactly what it's saying. And for me, I know right now, I feel like in this whole time in just six months, um, there's a lot of change going on in my life, but there's a lot of stuff people don't see a lot of struggles that I'm still battling, battling on the inside. So it's not always easy to get up and read my Bible. It's not always easy to go to my prayer closet. It's not mm -hmm. always easy to get up to go to church on Sunday morning. Mm -hmm. um, but what keeps me going is knowing that I have a higher calling. I have a greater purpose on this earth and I can feel it. And um, the more you seek God, even when you don't want to, you got to, that's when faith comes in. Mm -hmm. That's when having faith that even if whenever you don't feel God in the presence, um, like present with you whenever you don't feel like getting up you're gonna have to have faith that when you start opening that bible and you start reading god's gonna speak to you through his word mm -hmm. to have faith to just get up and seek him because the only thing that we can do in this life is to be more like jesus every day mm -hmm. and there's a lot of things that i bet you anything that jesus didn't want to do when he was here on the earth and every time i really look at just really trying to like talk myself out of um, reading my Bible. I just start thinking about uh, really Paul or Jesus, either one, and being like, you know, look how much they did. Look how many people they saved. Look how many lives they touched. Like, I want to be that person. I want to, like, I mean, a lot of people, I mean, joke around about this, like Seth Walker and Donovan be like, Luke, you're the modern day Paul. <laughs> <I've heard> <laughs> <laughs> 
Someone told me that. <laughs> I think it's Walker. <laughs> and, you know, like, it's a joke and everything. And, uh, like, I don't even feel worthy to be called that. But at the end of the day, I would love to be the modern day Paul. I would love to say I went through all the things he did and I still uh-huh. kept the faith. Yeah. Like, through everything, I still kept the faith. And right now I just feel a higher calling on my life and to get to that higher calling and to get to the plan God has for me, I have to seek him. Mm-hmm. I have to seek him even when I don't feel like it. Yeah. I have to seek him when times get hard. I have to seek him when times are amazing. Mm-hmm. Just yeah. always seeking God is the only thing that I can do. So even when I don't feel like it, to it's just the only thing I know what to do at yeah. this point. Yeah. Wow. The best thing you can do. Yeah. <laughs> My last question is, what is your favorite piece of scripture right now? Ooh. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Got a good one. <laughs> Stumped him. Yeah. No, I, I just... <laughs> said, no, 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 no. <laughs> no, no. Um, There's just so many. <laughs> no, um, just a different aspect of everything that we've haven't talked about that I haven't shared, but um, really I had a problem of having um, a problem with lusting over people to say, mm-hmm. and having a problem with giving my way to people that I shouldn't have. And um, really that por- um, portion is something that I am um, like getting sanctified from and like going through sanctification so one, it's in Second Corinthians seven, I think. Do not quote me on that, but um, the part is um, this is going to be summarized. But pretty much that the Lord is meant for the body, and the body for the Lord. The body is not meant for sexual immorality. Um, and the Lord will um, raise Jesus up, and He can also raise you up. Mm-hmm. And you are, and later down in like verse 19, it goes on um, talking about how you are the temple of God. Mm-hmm. That's really good. I love it. Yeah, yeah. that's really good. Your vulnerability made this episode so good. Oh, yeah. Like, I know we target more to girls, and I mm-hmm. feel like everyone is going to benefit from this. Like, no oh, matter 100%. if you are a girl or a guy, like, yeah, I, thank you for your vulnerability. Yeah. It's really oh, wow. appreciated. Mm-hmm. That is it for this episode. Thank you, Luke, for coming on. We really appreciate it. Thank you guys for having me. Of course. Stay tuned for Flavor of the Week. All right, y'all. It's time for Flavor of the Week. So to get us started this week, we're going to get started with our guest, Luke. So, Luke, what is your Flavor of the Week this week? Uh, My Flavor of the Week is a song called Scars by IMA. Because without them, I I love that song. I love that song. It's so good. I love when I know the song because I normally never know. What about you, Addison? Mine's a song by Chris Renzema. It's his new one, God and Prozac. It is so good. I I love it. So good. No way. I keep seeing on everybody's story. No, like, I meant to send it to you because you need to, oh. I'm excited. The lyrics, my gosh. 
What about you, Lily? Mine is also a song, and it is the song Hope by Jervis Campbell. I think it's one of his new songs. We just, Jervis Campbell is just so yes. good. So, like, you gotta listen to it. Oh, <laughs> so good. Well, I've been waiting for a change, but all I see are enemies. All I see are enemies, and I've been praying. Oh, I've been praying for a way. But all I see are enemies. All I see are enemies. Well, that's it for this episode. Thank you again, Luke. And we will talk to you all later. Bye. Bye, Bye everyone.